Welcome everybody to the Double Talk. No more daily, because we're not daily. It took me a while to realize that. <laughs> but welcome everybody to the show. I am Corey Coleman over here. I just gave you a flash of that handsome man over there. Mr. Christian Horchata Torres. How y'all doing, everybody? This is the conversational show. They're all conversational in a way, but this is the most conversational show that we have here on Double Toasted and we talk about many things here, just probably more deeper than we do on some other shows. You know, I, 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 you know what I tell people? I tell people where, you know, you're like a cigarette, man. I just get to relax with you. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just five minutes where you get to go be by yourself. Well, not really, but you just get time to yourself. It's therapeutic talking to me, isn't it? Christian is my cigarette break, man. You are the smoke in my life. You know, you I get to sit back and just have some of the most laid back conversational discussions with this man right here about many things. Entertainment, some social stuff out there, some politics. Been trying to like not make people. It's funny how when Trump is out of the picture, we just don't have as many politics to talk about. There's some dumb shit that's happening, but not as dumb as when he was around. But who knows when it'll come back? You know, we still got people taking trips to Cancun when people are dying and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, you know, there's something stupid that's going to happen. Thank we're talking you about very it. much. Thank you very much. But today, I think we're going to kind of keep it light on the entertainment side. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, Christian, do you mind if I do a little something? What do you want to do, Corey? Well, you know what? Not a goddamn thing, because I'm not ready. I should have <laughs> had this ready before I got it. You I, promised I, me a false bill of goods, man. I thought we were going to see some, some toasty, say hello to the chat fam, see the side bitch chat, but like, what's going on? You're not prepared. Well, you know what, man? Let's talk about this toasty right here. Let's talk about this bitch right here. Christian, how you doing, man? I'm well, sir. Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm arguing with semi-racist cousins about Last of Us casting choices. But aside from that existential crisis, I'm doing great. How are you, man? I, I, you like the new digs? How's the new studio treating you? People seem to like it, man. People are saying that it looks. <laughs> so all I did was just move the cameras. Apparently, when I moved the cameras from the studio to my house, they magically went to 8K. Everybody's right, yeah. <laughs> phantom cam. We're shooting at like 75 frames per second. Whatever those fucking Lord of the Rings movies were shot in. That's what we're yeah, shooting. Yeah, man. Now. Apparently this room has resolution that I never knew, man. It should have been in here <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, everybody's saying it looks nice. Everybody's saying that it sounds good. I really came in and took some extra care with the lighting. I just got through even talking to my wife. She says, hey, can I shoot something after you? I was like, no. <laughs> no, you cannot. Because the, right, right. when we were in that other room, she was changing the light and the cameras were moved and I said you cannot do that with this room I said I came in here and I treated it like art you know everything <laughs> everything is the lights the camera angles the light angles uh, there's fixtures on the, there's lights on the lights I'm not lying about that <laughs> I'm, there's uh, that everything is strategically angled in place to have this desired effect that you see right now that for some reason makes you think it's in more resolution than it is so uh, I told her hell no and if you do not, she's gonna be sneaky and I know she is and it's gonna be some Stephen King shit where she's gonna move something around I'm gonna be like ooh you dirty birdie I know what you did <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna have to have another home studio like a smaller home studio that she can mess with and change the twitch settings all the time and then you have to like put a padlock on that main studio it's I think we're gonna have to do that man we're gonna have to set her up with something which is why I wanted to actually build a studio outside which it might still happen but I said you know what we can keep one camera set up in here because I got double the equipment now because I had yeah, yeah. equipment here and I had equipment at the studio. So I got double the equipment now and I said, you know what, we could set you up with something so you can leave my shit alone. But we just got to find somewhere to do that. But folks, 
Let me go ahead. They're here now. I got it ready. See, you you were able to like distract. What? Well, you teased me last time, man. I think I was I'm, I was good. I'm allowed to be upset that you teased the the chat fam for me. Yeah, well, man, you know what? You were the left hand while the right hand was over here doing some shit they didn't see. And what was that? That was me preparing to bring up, please, ladies and gentlemen. Give a standing ovation for the ones, the only, the, the peoples who make this show possible right here. They are the chat fam starring the OG chat and them side bitches over here. Mr. Michael is here. What is that? Eight mod delete or delete. Anyway, I don't think I've seen you before. If I'm staggering over your name, that means I haven't had practice with you and you're probably new. Welcome, Ape. We'll just call you that for now until I get the rest of your name down. Oh, Easy86 Sketch is up here. JJ Panda, how you been, man? Haven't seen you in a while. Oh, uh, let's see here. Lando Stevenson. Swedish girl, I haven't done this for a while. Hello, good to see you here. And <laughs> see, you shake your head over there. This is more. No, no, no. You did it every now and then. It's not as Thank blatantly you racist much. as it usually is. It's just an adorable affectation that you Yeah, do. yeah. Hello. You know, that's Swedish for hello. Also, we have Mr. <laughs> Mr. D Phantom 1048. That's D Phantom with all the vowels removed, by the way. I got that one immediately. Uh, let's see here. I speak hip hop now. Mr. Freehand <laughs> Jackson. Darling, dear Jody. How you doing, darling, dear Jody? How are you? My dear, darling Jody. Uh, Raving Bob. Slime Roy is here. Alio Sure. Austinic. How you doing, Austinic? Oh, Alio Sure. Thank you for those 14 bits over there. I appreciate that. And uh, let me see who is that? Soul Mango. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Come on in. Have a seat, everybody. It's going to be a fun show today. We'll tell you about what's happening on the show as soon as you guys get through with, uh, <clears throat> you know, doing what you're doing up there. I see you. I see what you're trying to pull. Trying to get a little ch uh, chugga chugga. Maybe even a little chew with an extra chew on there. As soon as you get that going, we'll tell you what's going to be on the show. But once again, folks, thank you for all the encouragement on moving into the new area, the new space. You know, we're moving out of our studio and we moved it all the way to the house. So I went in and I really did try to take care and putting all this stuff together, kind of matching you right now over there. So, yeah, this is good. Thank man. you I'm very much. We're actually, you know, you and I, we're uh, coordinated yeah. over here. So, yeah, people, it's very good. Very good. I hope you people are, uh, hope you're liking it, man. Hope you're enjoying the new looks here. Tell me what you think about it. Is everything looking uh, cool over here? Everything looking? Because now we did that last night. Is it maybe maybe it's different in the daytime? Does it still look good when the sun is out? Let me know. I think you look great. I'm looking over here on my tiny screen. Yeah, tiny don't you know, that, that don't count, man. You know, you guys. <laughs> you need me to blow it up. You want me yeah, to get like a projector? And exactly, see how you look? man. Exactly. I want you to judge me in all my glory. Uh, Bleak says everything looking great. I like, and this is a this is even a good compliment right here. They said. Looks the same to me. That's even better, man. <laughs> it means that you don't notice any difference. Uh, Corey, everything looking brighter and crisp. And you guys are closer to the camera. Yeah, I guess we are, man. I guess we are a little bit closer to the camera because it's a, just a smaller space in here a little bit. But that's cool, man. I, I, I like it because it just feels, it feels very, you know what? It feels comfortable, man. Uh, I was say, it feels intimate, I'm sure, like when it's all of you in the studio. Or is that going to be a problem when you have more than three people in that studio? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that when you in the studio it was bigger, so it was starting to get a little intimidating because it was just starting to fill with junk. 
well, I'm not gonna say junk. I'm not gonna say junk, but it just you know, man, you get a bigger space, you just start things start collecting in there and whatnot. This is definitely a little tighter. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, goddamn you. And so yeah, man, I'm happy. Mr. Mr. Uh Mr. L D Phantom. Thank you for the subs right there, sir. Those Phantom subs. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I want to tell you guys what's happening here on the show. Whenever y'all get ready, you take your time today. Now, you, you know, if the train don't come in at a certain point, I'm just going to have to move on. But I really don't want to do that because we got some good stuff today, courtesy of Mr. Mr. Horchata over here. But, you know, enough about enough about my uh, my lovely studio space over here. Christian, how's your week been, sir? It's been good, man. I, look, I've been playing that new Mario game. You know how much I love Mario. I play those Mario games all the time. But this one I never played. Hold on, this hold one on. came out on the Wii U. Hold, hold, I, I, okay. Stop. Did you, you heard just, me say Mario and you came after me? Are you coming after me You now? said Mario, but before that, you were doing what I did. You said you said Mario. I used to do that, man. I'm not the only one. <laughs> you said Mario and then you caught yourself, which I never did, by the way. You said Mario. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I've, it's a speech impediment that I've tried to get rid of as a kid, obviously, but uh, I failed. Thank you for calling out and bringing the show to a screeching halt to point it out. Thank you. Corey. I've always done it. Uh, You're not alone. I did that for so long and these people would call me on it, man. I'm just letting you know. There's others like you out there. I got oh, you, it's man. A support system. We're not alone. We're fucking everywhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have never played this one. This was the one that came out on the Wii U, and I just never bought the Wii U for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing I knew about this is every time I'd play Mario Kart, there was a character named Cat Peach, and I was like, Why is there? Why is Princess Peach a fucking cat now? And it's because of this video game which apparently everyone was on barbiturates when they made it because that's the whole premise there's nothing else going on in this game what, what other is than it you is, get is suits it, and your it, cats it's bowser's revenge what what is it well bowser's revenge is like the little uh addition they put on it but it's super mario world 3d and then they added that little game so it wasn't like just you're buying an old game they wanted to give you something that's like two hours long so you don't feel like you're wasting your money uh yeah. but my point is like it just clearly proves that everyone at nintendo is clearly on uppers at all times like who fuck what genius came into the room and pitched like i don't know mario but as a cat and everyone said yes let's do it <laughs> oh that's a that's fucking adorable i love it <laughs> they did it because it's cute look at this man look at that little italian cat climb up that pole right there (laughs) and claws of a cat now you and mario have the paws and the power to tackle this see i'm mad that he's not a cat now bring it bring the cat back god damn it plus a whole lot more this time no fuck you bowser i don't want to see that shit i want to see that italian cat right there yeah. Climbing skills. Ah, look at that, man. That is so adorable right there. I love well, it. Well, at least it brought you fucking joy. That's all that matters. It's bringing me nightmares and fever dreams and shit, but you're overjoyed, and that's all that matters. The hell is wrong with you? Now, see, that's your problem. What? You don't have a... Man, I thought you had a soul. You do not. Look, Cats don't have souls. What the fuck? The speed. Climbing skills. Oh, that cat has soul, man. Oh, look at that. That is so cute. I love that, man. Again, I brought this up, but do you think Mario's ever like, I'm a plumber. Like, this is outside of my fucking jurisdiction. This is outside of my purview. Now I'm being turned into a fucking cat and being chased by giant fucking bullets named Bill. It's a whole thing. I just, I think every single day in the Mario universe has to be a waking nightmare for Mario. Nah, I don't know, man. I, I think that, you know what I, uh, I've told, we talked about this before. I think that, 
when you get when you really get down to it, there's this uh there's this Italian plumber who's probably lost his job and he's probably an addict now and he's just sitting in his apartment just hallucinating all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like all this shit is inside a junky Italian plumber's head right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's an Italian plumber son there with a needle sticking out of his arm who's seeing all this shit. He's sitting up there drooling. I'm a cat. <sighs> I'm a little kid. He's just nodding off on the corner, barely keeping his balance and shit like that. Luigi and Princess yeah. Peach, they're all real people. They just want him to get help, but he ain't listening. No. He's fucked up. There's a cat. There's an Italian man drooling all over himself and a lazy boy in a shitty apartment talking about a meow. A meow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love no, this one. Yeah, you could you could take the, there's like a little thing that you hit and it multiplies you. So at some point there's like 16 different Mario's happening at the same time, and I don't understand what's going on. And my whole point is that it's a nightmare. Like I'm, it's a fun nightmare. Don't get me wrong, but look at that shit. He gets big. What is happening? <laughs> Yes, that shit he's on, man. <laughs> also, white tanuki. Let's talk about this. White tanuki, if you wear that thing, you're invincible. You can hit anything and you don't die. What the fuck's that about? Brown tanuki, you're susceptible to all kinds of damage. Like, I feel like there is a supremacist viewpoint going on in these video games, too. You know what? I'm tired of you, Christian. You made <laughs> your reading too much into you, this. You made your choice to play this game. God damn it! It's a cute fucking game, and just only you would sit back and say, "I know why." I see where your cousin gets mad at you now. You just can't sit back and enjoy all this goodness right here, man. You gotta just overanalyze it. You gotta go in and find deeper meanings. Just enjoy this shit, man. It's more, it's an Italian dude as a cat. Don't fucking ask no questions. <laughs> Leave it alone. Right. Leave logic at the door, Torres. What are you doing? <laughs> man, he's white. That's racist. Man, no, just have some fucking fun. God damn you. <laughs> you and your Jerry Seinfeld way of thinking, what's up with this? <laughs> what's the deal with Cat Beach? Yeah, no, I agree. But it's someone has to ask it. It's keeping no. us philosophers up at night. No one has to ask this shit. No, <laughs> just enjoy it, man. No one needs to ask this shit. Stop it. God damn it. And I'm doing this for you. I want you to enjoy yourself, okay? Please. I'm just I'm realizing that these games run on a logic that makes perfect sense when you're six or seven, but when you become thirty, you're like, wait a minute, I have to reevaluate everything that's on screen here. Man, just we should really? play this game. You have a Switch, and it's up to four people. I would totally play this game with you if you want to make I'm that happen. I'm not playing this shit with you because you're going to ruin the fun. <laughs> well, you can play it with me. Just don't have me on the Discord or don't Zoom with me because I will ruin the experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm not playing with you. Why are they all right on this George, this giant orange dinosaur? Who's up with that? <laughs> What's the meaning behind this? Is this evolution? I don't know. I'm like, no. I just want to play a goddamn game. Just let me play. You know, if you, can, right. if, you can, if you can just leave that shit alone, I'll gladly play with you. You know that. I will. Right, I'll leave it alone. I'm just saying little things. Like, I don't have a hat that says C here. You're not wearing a shirt with a K on it, but these fuckers self-identify themselves all the time. Like, think about how easy it would be to frame Mario or Luigi for any bad crime. You just have to wear fucking overalls and a hat with a letter on it. I'll dress up like a cat. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I might get this. I'm hesitant to now. I do, I have, I'm having a blast playing it. It just keeps me up at night. Don't sound like it. <laughs> Somebody said, now we know why you're not on 8-Bit Crumbs. <laughs> I get it. Because yeah. oh. you'd analyze every fucking crumb. That's why. <laughs> All eight of them. <laughs> 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 nah, man. Babe, but you know what? That's what you get for being a deep thinker over there. And 
It's just another way of people of him saying, I'm smarter than you. And he is. He No, he is. He is. I just, you know what the thing is, and I'm not afraid to admit it. You look at things because, you know, you're smart. I look at this and I'm like, he colors. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I do, man. So, hey, you know what? I'm just... I can't help it if my mind is just fucking shallow. So anyway, <laughs> ignorance. Hey, ignorance is bliss, sir. Just saying, it might be a lot of fun. Consider playing with me. Let's I will. On. I will. Don't come here with all that egghead shit. All right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Speaking of having uh, discussions and analyzing things, let's talk about what's going to happen here on the show today. The hype train did not make it to level three today. That's fine. That's why, hey, you know, what? you're still getting adjusted to the station here, the new room. We'll let it pass today. But people, behold the scroll right here today. No, that's not the wrong thing right there. Today we have for you Marvel teases. Oh, they show a trailer for MODOK. Everybody's been wondering what's going to happen with this show because Marvel has been slowly, slowly, slowly kind of killing projects that are not related strictly to the MCU. So how did MODOK get a pass? Well, we'll take a look and find out and see if we can figure that out and see if the show is just going to be good or not. Also, for all you fans out there that love District 9, some good news for you. Sounds like District 10 is in the works. At what point are they at with that project? We'll talk about that in a little bit. And if you look into the scroll right there, you probably saw as it was passing by a little description that said, all these damn reboots out here. Christian is very concerned about the state of rebootness at this moment. You know, we just talk about, uh, we, are, we just mentioned how he overanalyzes things. Does he have a point here? Is there too many reboots or has this been a thing all along and we're just now noticing it in our time? Well, we'll take a look at that along with whatever you have out there. So thank you all for being here. I appreciate that. And we're going to get into the show. But before we do that, I got a few things to do. Got to make some announcements. Got to tell you some things. I got to enhance your experience here at Double Toasted. And I'm going to do just that if you get in on certain levels with us. Those levels, those tiers can be found over on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Double Toasted. Get down with us on the warm and toasted. Get hot and butter. You freaking like that. Or get golden brown with us. Some of y'all going to go so far as to even get crispy. Ain't hot enough up in here. I got to get crispy up in this bitch. And a lot of people starting to join that crispy level. Why? Because, well, you get merch every three months within a year. Patreon's going to send you something that we got going for you. And you get all the perks of the other tiers. The bonus streams, viewing parties. We also have sneak peeks of things. We have merch as i just talked about discounts and animation that's coming up and for certain tiers i i have been drawing your caricatures out there you'll be seeing those very soon and i want to thank you all for supporting us over there and allowing us to do more for you an investment in us is just a bigger payoff for you in dt wealth and people said fuck that i want real money i don't blame you <laughs> i do too uh, let's see here. Wow, this is the bomb. Says, damn, you guys are in early. What's up? Well, I, have you not seen this show before? We we usually start this show around this time, I believe. 
Where you? Where the hell you been? But folks, be a little, a little tight on funds these days. I understand. I get it. Hey, I ain't trying to embarrass nobody. I ain't trying to shame nobody. In fact, let me help you help us for absolutely nothing. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel, Double Toasted Twitch. Just go in there, get yourself a sub for absolutely free, resub when the time comes, and this is what I really want you to do, man. You, you're fortunate enough to give yourself a sub. You know, you're, you're fortunate enough to probably do it every month. But there are other people out there just looking at you on the outside talking about, man, I sure wish I had a sub. I, I just can't get one right now. Well, you can change that person's life forever and make the world a better place. Stop thinking about yourself. Thank you very much. And that is what you'll hear. If you go out there and spread the toasted goodness all over some toasty's body out there, they will thank you very much. And you will make the world a better place. And you might even be a better person after it's done. All right, folks. Oh, one of the other benefits of uh, subscribing, don't have to deal with all of those ads that I have to play. I, I have to play. That is not an option. I have to do that. It's in the contract. My life is on the line if I don't play these things. So we'll be playing some ads, but if you have a subscription, it'll be like we never left you. And the last thing I need to tell you folks about, Christian, you got a lot of toasties out there, man. They're worried. They are worried about, you know, you move to this new studio. Yeah, I, you know, you're not going to have people come by anymore because I know you ain't letting me up in your house. You got damn right I'm not. But what am I going to do now? You know, I, I, one of my dreams was to come to Austin and see the DT crew. Well, you know what, folks? Don't give up on that. Tell you what. Right now, you don't need to bring your ass in anyway because we just got through with crazy weather, had a snowstorm, a blizzard in Texas. You might as well say hell froze over right there. And also, Big Roni, now that is thawed out around here, Big Roni's back on those streets. But I got you, though. Maybe we can make those dreams come true. Tell you what you do. Let's start this way. Let's pull out that keyboard and type in for me, kcoolmans at gmail.com. That's K-C-O-O-L-M-A-N-Z at gmail.com. You email us with any kind of questions, comments, compliments, insults, input, and er, advice. Hit us up on those social medias, Instagram, Twitter, in the face to the book, type in all that information that you see right there. Copy it down, memorize it, love it. But most importantly, it don't mean shit if you don't use it. And if I'm too busy out there getting all your kind words, your kind messages, your kind emails, Mr. Christian Horchata Torres, can you help me? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Christian.Monster, Facebook, Christian Leon Torres. I know some of you, but I want to know all of you. So please come find me. I want to know all of you too, as I said. I want to know you safely. So let's wait till we get Big Ronnie off these streets. And then that's when you can tell us your plans for Austin, Texas. Kcoolmans at gmail.com. Let us know if you're moving here or just passing through. Because I truly believe that one day we will, and the keyword is safely, hang out with you. Serenade you, boy. <laughs> Why Sorry, this was my the baby dress? that just got made during that beat. My bad. <laughs> <laughs>
the Muppet Baby that was made during the beat. <laughs> oh, man, I hit you so hard you had to bring out the Muppet Baby. Oh, folks. Oh, it was great to have y'all here, man. It's great to be here. It's great to be in this new space right here. I'm loving all of it. And let's see here. Let's see what we got going on. So we're going to get into some of these discussions that we got here. Yeah, folks, even though we're in the room here, we are still... We'll hang out with you when the time is right, if we can do it when you come to Austin, Texas. We used to have the thing where people would come to the studio. That is one of the main reasons why we moved out the studio. The lease was up, and since people weren't coming by as much anymore because, you know, there's a pandemic out there. So we decided, or I decided, I said, hey, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and save the money and just come to the house. We got used to doing this without having an audience and everything. Hey, we'll... Go out again when the time is right. We'll do uh, live shows. I got a pretty good live show plan for everybody when it comes around. So Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you about that because I don't know if you've been keeping up. And I don't want to start celebrating yet, but we've secured 240 million vaccine doses. And a lot of people think like Fourth of July, we might be able to do Fourth of July get togethers in a way that it's not going to uh, cause upticks in the cases and stuff like that. So it's really interesting. And I think maybe now you can finally start to plan for things later down the line. Yeah, I'm still thinking it's not going to be for another year, but Mm -hmm. it'll be cool when it happens, man. It'll be a big celebration of everybody being able to get back together. But I'm thinking like it won't be for another year. But uh, when it happens, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. And I just signed up to get the vaccine in about three weeks. Oh, that's awesome, man. Good for you. I mean, so, so is Texas or did you have a special thing because of your you have asthma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. So that's how they got you in. I was wondering if it's an age thing. I still can. My wife works for the School of Medicine. Like I've been calling every connection I have and I still can't get a vaccine. So. So you haven't been able to do it yet, right? Not me. No, she's she's got both. of. She's totally fully vaxxed up because she works with the the School of Medicine. So like obviously she needs to. She's considered an essential frontline worker, but not me, not my ass. Well, I mean. My wife signed up for it. I don't think she has any conditions, but she lives with me. So, you know, I'm thinking that she's going to go and try to get it, too. But, yeah, man, uh, we go in about three weeks, get that shot in my arm. I'm going to tell them to just stick me in the ass, too. Just, you know, get it all covered. <laughs> double, double dose. So do you know, because they just approved that single shot thing. Do, do you, Are you setting it up as a first dose and then a second dose later on? Or are you going to try to get the Johnson & Johnson thing? I don't know what it is. I, you know, there's no details. They just told me that it's you know, set up for this date and this time. It's near my hometown of Waco, so I'll be able to go see my Dukes Coleman that day. And it should be, I don't know, man. I don't know the details of it. I'm curious about that myself. Yeah, I would just say keep us posted, man, because a lot of people don't know someone directly who's had it yet. And I think like that kind of information definitely helps out, especially because that Johnson and Johnson is just a single dose. All the other ones are two dose vaccines. So definitely keep us posted, man. I'm very interested and I'm sure the Toasties are too. Oh, I definitely will, man, because uh. That's a good point, Christian. I want everybody to kind of get this information out there because everybody's helping each other out. It was a friend of mine. She she uh, she texted me and she was the one that said, definitely go get this at this place. And where, you know, man, it's been like the lottery trying to get this. I haven't even tried, man. I, I've gone on there. I went one day. Uh, Carlos came and he told me, he was like, hey, and I was like, what does the fuck that mean? And, you know, it's, Don't worry. It's not Spanish either. I don't know what language Carlos speaks, but that shit ain't, that ain't normal. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He's like a Puerto Rican mush mouth, man. <laughs> and Puerto man, Rican Swedish chef. Yeah. Hey man, I'm the son of an escombe, hey man. And I was like, all right. And I, I put, I had to look at it myself. Oh, the vaccine. Okay. 
<laughs> so I signed, I went there on this site and on that site, man, it's just constantly, we got dates right here and you go there and once you hit it, they're gone. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. It took Martin like a full day to try to get uh, a, a, a date for him set up. So uh, I just said, I'm too busy for this. There's other people that need it more than I do right now anyway. So let them have it. I'll just deal with it. I've been safe so far. I've been careful so far. I'm not that eager to get it. So I've been patient. But my, my friend, she said, hey, yeah, just try this place right here. And they had dates open. We set it up. And it's about three weeks from now. It was cool. So my recommendation is find some. Here's what I would do. Don't find major cities or major uh, spots. Don't find places where, you know, there's a big population, or, you know, there's a lot of foot traffic and whatnot. Find some places that are outside of cities. Find some smaller towns to go to. And those places are usually the ones that will have the vaccine probably more than others. And because not a lot of people go in there, at least from my experience of looking at these. And you might have to travel an hour or so. But if you can do that, it's worth it. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, LA is insane. It's like a mad scramble over here. So I hadn't even thought about like maybe just looking an hour or two outside of the city in any direction, but it's crazy right now. You're going to Waco, right? Outside of Waco, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, either way, no, I'd say it's, you're, you're proving the point. You're in Austin, which like liberal jewel of Texas. You thought maybe you'd get a you know better chance there, and you still have to go outside of it to find it. So. Nah, man, I'm not. I didn't even try. I didn't even try. Or maybe I just need to smoke weed. Somebody, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, my man here. Wow, this is the bomb. He says, I don't need the vaccine. I smoke weed, so I have herb immunity. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Well done, sir. Well no, done. that's cute, man. It's worth the golf club. You're cute. All right. <laughs> In the chat, they put Puerto Rican uh, mush mouth. Look at that. Mang. Mang. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ryan Walterson. Amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's go and get some things going. Let's see here. All right, folks. As I told you, I'm not trying to. Uh, I, I, I don't like to do this. I hate to part from you. I just hate to leave you like this. For those of you, at least, who don't have a subscription. But I have to play these ads. But it'll be quick. It'll be easy. And, and if you just hold off for a while, it'll be like we never left you. But one thing I can promise you is that we'll be right back after this. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, let's see. Everybody talks about who's the most powerful hero in the Marvel Universe. You know, who's the most magical? Who's the strongest? Who's the one that can shoot lasers the furthest? Whatever. It's debatable on all those fronts. Uh, this is also a little debatable, but not by much. Uh, who's the ugliest motherfucker in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> it's probably Modoc, man. Modoc is just a ventriloquist dummy with legs coming out of his head. <laughs> He's, uh, this, this is... I don't know. This is probably for for people who don't keep up with Marvel. I don't know how well known this villain is. Uh, Modok stands for mental or mechanized or marvelous, whatever uh, organism designed only for killing, mainly with his looks. But he's about to get known by a lot more people right now. Hopefully, 
That is, if his show goes well, a show that I'm surprised even happened because Marvel said, you know what? If you ain't part of the organization right here, if you weren't part of one of them, those, those outside channels, one of them ragged ass channels that is not officially the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then we snapping your ass like Thanos. You're gone. They have done that with several shows out there. They're cleaning the house. Went in there and did a clean sweep at Netflix, got all those shows out the way. A lot of these Hulu shows like Hellstrom, Hellstrom poor Hellstrom didn't even last a full season. Runaways, that's done. If you ain't connected, then you're gone. So how the hell did this show happen to make the cut? Because I don't think that is fully connected to any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is part of a Hulu, which we saw them again go in there and do a clean sweep. What is it about old ugly-ass Modoc that got him through? Let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer. One of the things that I talk talking about looks, one of the things that I think did work on this is that it does have a very distinct look, and it's also using a form of animation that is slowly, slowly, almost incrementally making a comeback, or is at least designated for special projects, such as maybe this one. Let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer for Modoc. He's got his own show right now, and uh, we'll come back to hear what Christian's opinion is on this. Time to change the world by bringing it to its knees. Am I good businessman? Uh, yeah, about that. We're bankrupt. What? We're hereby relieved of your status as CPA Supreme and as a living person. I still need to do your personal taxes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this coffee was for everyone. Do you know what MODOK stands for? Mental organism designed only for killing. For killing. Oh, you know what, Modoc? You funny, man. Okay, you can stay. Come on in, man. <laughs> you're invited to the barbecue, Modoc. Yeah, you're all right, man. All right, you you live this time. Uh. Opinions on this, man. Well, first of all, I will tell you just quickly, my opinion is very funny. I, I, I like this. I, 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 when I saw this, and I did see this trailer, they act like this is new, but I saw this not too long ago, or maybe it was a different cut, or maybe it was shorter, but I saw some of this, but definitely looking at this, laughed at it very much. Patton Oswalt is doing the voice of uh, MODOK. Thank you, doing a great job with that. I'm... I want to see this. And, now there's, and I'm going to let you take this now, but there's probably another reason I want to see this. But what's your opinion on this, man? My opinion is really optimistic. I mean, you mentioned all the uh, the Hulu stuff, the Runaways and Hellstrom that got taken away. But this was announced at the same time that they announced like a Howard the Duck animated thing over at Hulu. And uh, they mm -hmm. very quickly scrapped that as well. So, uh, you know, I thought it was very interesting that when they pitched this to begin with, I was like, well, it seems like, like you said, they're trying to bring all of Marvel under the house of the mouse. Uh, but this was allowed to kind of survive, maybe because Patton Oswalt's attached to it. Patton Oswalt also writing the show. So it's a really strong creative team um you know the studio behind robot chicken is directly involved with this that may not be a shock right because it looked very reminiscent of kind of the stuff that they've done i am really excited about it because it looks so starkly different to every other thing that we've seen from marvel thus far and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to see this too 
I don't have cable. I haven't had cable for the last three years. And I and, and listen, I miss cable because I was raised in a house. It's almost like getting some sort of weird Stockholm syndrome or conditioning, mental conditioning, some Pavlonian thing happening, whatever. You know, I was raised in a house where there was a TV in every room. If you go to my mother's house right now, there's a TV in every room and they're all on at the same time. I think those rays from the TV, the radiation is keeping her alive. <laughs> so I'm right. like 80 something now and she's just as vibrant as ever. Uh, I think she's like a Marvel hero herself. She's like the heroes. I mean, the TVs have given her powers. But I like listening just to have the TV on. It, it, if the t- it took me for it took me a long time. If we didn't have a TV on all the time in this house, my wife she hates commercials, so she just got rid of the TVs and she says no more. So it kills my brain is what she said. But it seems apocalyptic to me, man. Like if we don't, like if the if uh, if I don't know that the outside world is going because the news is playing, commercials are playing, uh, it makes me think the world is dead, <laughs> and I need something going on, but. I've gotten over that right now, but there's one thing that I I'm, I might get cable again, and it's because I want Adult Swim back. I want Cartoon Network back. I just used to be a Cartoon Network junkie, man. I used to keep it on all night when I was working, and one of my favorite things was Robot Chicken. And Robot Chicken, if this seems familiar to you watching MODOK and it made you think of Robot Chicken, it might not just be the animation style, but it could be that Robot Chicken has gone in. Of course, they've had their... Their their skits and their Marvel uh making they did their their bits of making fun of Marvel too. Oh, Daddy! I'm just going out for cigarettes, sweetie. I'll be right back. <laughs> just try a little spinach, okay? Look, mommy likes it. <laughs> My human centipede is complete. I must take a picture for Facebook. Oh, come on! Please don't jump. You have so much to live for. No, I don't. Nobody loves me. That's not. <laughs> you know that's that is the long running Adult Swim show, Robot Chicken, and it's the same people you were saying because I didn't know this. It's the same people who produce Robot Chicken doing this. Yeah, same animation studio and everything. They used to be called Stupid Monkey. I think they're called Stupid Human now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the same people who do it, and I think it looks like it. You know, they have a a real grasp on that. But I would say they've added some like more action oriented stuff, which is why before we even got on, I was asking you like, do you think this is traditional stop motion or do you think it's CGI just because of some of the kind of like camera movements and, and the action sequences that we're seeing on there are really, really impressive to yeah. me. Um, and I think it, it helps when you have a studio that knows what it's doing and has been doing it for a very long time and it's already dipped its toes into the Marvel universe. The MODOK thing for me is just like tonally that doesn't look like anything I've seen before. Um, and I think that's going to be to its its real benefit not having to kind of do what the marvel mcu stuff is doing and that's no disrespect to stuff like what if which by the way what if comes out in a couple months they think maybe june or july it looks phenomenal but i think what modok's doing is is zigging when everyone else is zagging and i think it's setting itself up to be a really unique thing i like what you said by the way modok looks like that goosebumps uh, dummy, but if he was gluttonous, you know, like a horrific looking thing, but he looks somehow, like, I yeah, think, he looks like a, yeah. like a mechanized Terminator slappy, <laughs> except he's just a head. 
<laughs> he looks like a job ugly with with arms and legs, man. I no, I I like this, and I think that this is one of the last projects. It's, they probably had some good reception from it. They maybe they tested it out, or maybe the you know, maybe some executive liked it or something, and it just showed so much promise that this is the thing that they allowed to continue i don't know what happened with all the other things that they were doing they the what is it diamond and tigra or diamond and silk or whatever the show that there was going to be on there uh, they were going to do- watch an animated diamond and silk oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what they're a fucking cartoon already why not <laughs> but, right, but yeah not cost much in the animation department at all i'm upset because i was really looking forward to the what, what they were doing with howard the duck i've always Man, look, I know how with the duck is hated and rightfully so because that movie, man, it was it's, it's one thing to make a terrible movie. It's one thing to have one of the biggest names in entertainment behind you, like trying to get your back and fucking up. And, you know, because if they fail big, you fail big. So that that how with the duck movie that was out a few years ago, man, uh, uh, we did a we, we did a, a drunk viewing party with that. We had a lot of Which fun. I think people sleep on. People think, because it's fashionable to hate on George Lucas now. Do you have to remember where we were in, in that dude's career when he decided to throw all of the goodwill of Star Wars and Indiana Jones and, I guess, Willow into fucking Howard the Duck only for it to cataclysmically <laughs> fail? He, <laughs> that fool, <laughs> he put everything on the line. Uh, this, and this is where they'd even show them. Thank you very much. Oh, shit. You're still here? Thank you very much. Now get out. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I stake my entire professional reputation on Howard the Duck. And and he got fucked over by it. Oh, he got terribly fucked over. Let me find a clip where they actually have the duck in there. Because when it came out, they were pulling that whole E.T. Gremlins type thing where you didn't get to see the duck. Because <laughs> it looks <laughs> stupid. Keeping it in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always responded to something. They always kept them off screen. Uh, they always they responded to something you couldn't see. Yeah, it was no, it was they did they didn't show you because for one they didn't want to, they want to get your money at the time, but also they realized wow this looks stupider than I thought it did. Let the female creature go. God damn. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Every duck's got his limits. And you scum have pushed me over the line. Jimmy, this sucks. <laughs> Man, that, I remember watching that. I told this story a long time ago. My mother knew because when I discovered How the Duck, it, you know, I just loved cartoons and stuff when I was a kid. So How the Duck always appealed to me. And I was buying How the Duck comics uh, before the movie came out. And... Uh, you know, I'll find old comics at the comic book store, Howard the Duck. And then they did some new ones when the movie was coming out. I was buying those. My mother's like, boy, you should like this duck, don't you? I'm like, yeah, that's Howard, man. He's cool. When that movie came out, my mother, I remember seeing, I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was a young kid. I was like, this is fucking stupid. I hate this movie. And I don't even like this duck anymore. But when I came out, my mother, she, it was, it was at that time when your mom would drop you off at the theater. And then they would come in and get you before it was done. And my mother, she didn't know what time the movie was done. So she came to the movie to get me. And for that little bitch that she saw that duck, when I walked out, she she didn't see the whole movie. So when I walked out, she's like, boy, that, I wish I'd seen that duck is crazy, Corey. <laughs> that duck, I went in that duck and just talking, man, you talking mess. That duck is, that duck's a fool, Corey. And I was like, and I don't want to hurt her. I feel like, yeah, he, yeah he's something else. <laughs> and I remember we took a road trip. And my mother bought me, she's, because there was a stack of, you remember, I don't know if you're probably too young. Do you remember going to the, like, convenience stores and they would have the novels in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the little, like, they, the little spinny thingies, right? They were the little towers that were up top. Yeah. yeah. They had a novelization of Howard the Duck. 
And my mother saw that. And I remember looking at it like, I be damn, they made a novel out of this shit. And my mother saw it. She's like, oh, you looking at your, your, at your duck? You, you want this? I was like, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> no, I was like, no, nah, let me get it for you, Corey. No, I know you like that duck here. Here, let me go get this book. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> and I have the novelization of Howard the Duck somewhere, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is because my mom forced that shit on me. <laughs> so incredible. I tried, you know, no, you like this duck. You're going to stay liking this duck. <laughs> I like it. She held you hostage, man. <laughs> I, but now I've always been looking for them to redeem Howard the Duck and I thought that this was going to be I thought this was going to be the, the rise and redemption of Howard man and uh, turns out that that's you know they, they canceled that and that's why I'm wondering you know with all these shows that are canceled that people actually want they had been wanting to see and they were going to have a different flavor too all of them were going to have a more of adult spin they were going to be more satirical uh, what do you why do you think Modoc was is the one that survived and all these other projects got pulled. I think they're just taking a really comedic like, you know, turn with it. And if you think about the origin of that character, and I'm not pretending like I know everything about him, but I he's like a Prometheus, right? He's a he or is Icarus. He's an Icarus. He flew flew too close to the sun sort of deal. Like he had this uh experiment done so he could become even smarter and then all it did was make him have a giant fucking head. Like, yeah, he's smart, <laughs> but he looks like that now, you know, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> And so I, th- I think the idea, it's like you have Patton Oswald who is, and this is what I really like, he's doing the voice and he's writing it. So you have a singular kind of vision and take on the character. And I think that's why they, it, they're allowing it to kind of get some air under it. I don't know why that over other weird things. Like you said, the the smarter bet would have been Howard the Duck, right? Because you got that Guardians cameo at the yep. very end where he just shows up. So you already have it a little bit tangentially related to the MCU. But I think that's also the reason why they haven't. Because if they're going to do that, they're going to make sure it's an MCU thing prior proper and if i'm not mistaken all of those tv projects were started with jeff loeb and the uh, marvel television thing yeah. which has now been shuttered so i just think it's like you know i i don't know why because if we're, i didn't mention this earlier but like ghost rider was in production they were going to try to do like a hulu uh ghost rider marvel thing that yeah. was also canceled everything got canceled except this and i'm really curious and maybe it's because they know they have a, such a winner on their hand maybe that's why they said hey let's keep it going you know i don't know yeah. the answer but I, it's curious no i think that was a great answer though i don't know why modok is the one that, that maybe they just wanted one project to kind of stand on its own because if there were too many other projects then maybe they people would have started seeing because once you have too many other projects on another platform people start thinking that universe way oh shit is this the uh, is this another alternate universe where we see them right. one day mix in with the proper marvel universe now that they got the multiverses going on and they're like no nah, this is just a special standalone project that we want to do because it's funny you know let's just let that happen and i also think that you're right anything that could possibly be something that's entering the mcu proper let's go ahead and just cut that off maybe modok will be something one day but Everybody know that this is just a gag. I, yeah, think- I really can't imagine it. You know, it seems like something that they're very clear and they're very cognizant of the fact that Modoc and the MCU never the two shall meet. So it's it's not something that they're even really paying attention to. Like it's just it's, it's cherry on top. It's gravy, right? Yeah, you know? but uh, I think yeah. that's what they're thinking about it. And I think also you made a great point when you said let's just say they'd want to do Howard the Duck one day. You know, Howard the Duck saved the universe, man. So they'll <laughs> they'll uh, they'll probably use him for. Uh, MCU proper type project later on down the line since he's kind of more visible or visibly connected to 
the MCU. Lucas got Spielberg that job. Like Lucas was the guy that was respected in Hollywood. Uh, and then he kind of parlayed all of that into Howard the Duck and really bad prequels. And, and now it's fashionable to say, oh, he's terrible. But at the time, he had more cachet than most people. And he tried to turn that into a Howard the Duck passion project that failed. Yeah, I know. No, I think that was the like when everybody started to see, hey, man, man, this guy isn't the genius that we thought he was. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> a couple happy accidents in a row. <laughs> You know, he he worked on on uh, Raiders with Spielberg, so that was just something they probably been thinking of for a long time. Star Wars is definitely something that had been in his mind for years, and that finally came to fruition. But by the time those two things happened, and he got that duck, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of fresh out of shit. So, you know, I I don't know, man. Uh, but I always wanted to see Howard like do his own thing. I hope he gets his redemption one day. But I'm glad they kept this project. Somebody in the chat made a good point. They said, you know, something maybe out of everything they saw. This had the potential or it was the best pilot that they had. And they say, you know, let's so that we're not totally taking a wash here and all the pre-production and production that we've done. And this the production on this is probably the most along. Let's just keep this, man. You know, it's good. Yeah. It's funny. We've already put money into it. Put it out there. You know, it'll, it'll work. So could be a relationship thing, too. I would say this, unless I'm mistaken and Walterson fact check me on this one. Uh, there was another show that just came out called Cross Swords or Crossing Swords or something mm -hmm. on Hulu. That was also stop motion by the same company, the same animation, uh, same animation company. So I'm wondering if it's just like they have a good relationship with Hulu themselves. And you know what I'm saying? They're kind of allowed to continue going on with this. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, I don't know the inner workings. I don't know how these deals work, especially because, you know, Disney technically owns Hulu now. Right. At least 66 yep. percent of it, I think. Yeah. So so it's, you know, it, it could just be how they want to kind of divvy out their material. I, I also wonder how adult oriented this is going to be, which this trailer didn't really get into it outside of some of the gore and stuff. But we didn't see like language or there's going to be any weird sexuality attached to it. I don't know what the tone of that show is going to be yet. So maybe they're just being safe and keeping it as far away as they can. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody you they mentioned something you already said that Hulu was supposed to get a Ghost Rider series. Um, no, nah, all these things, Disney, they're trying to pull in now. So that's why all that stuff is gone. I was so happy the day that all that stuff happened, man. They're even coming in and pulling in some stuff from the, uh, the Netflix people. You know, they're bringing Charlie Cox back. How? You know, why? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But they're definitely going in and saying, all right, you know, now that we got a chance to do it. We don't want to do all this scattershot stuff where people have to guess if it's connected. If we can't connect them, then we're going to do it. God damn it. So anyway, man. Uh, well, I don't know how. Speaking of connecting. Oh, uh, what the fuck oh, is this? Yeah, we went out for a minute. Oh, that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how does this connect? So, I'll tell you. And basically, and I missed it. I'll be honest. I believe Jeff Lemire is the writer of Spider-Gwen. I could be wrong on that. It's a really critically acclaimed run on Spider-Man or Spider-Gwen. But what they did is, is right around the Trump thing. They kind of relaunched MODOK, but uh, as a. Uh, a mental organism designed as America's king. So it changed the spelling a little bit. And it was very, very clearly based on Donald Trump. And it was just a giant Donald Trump head on little baby legs running around being an asshole. So you mean it's just Trump? <laughs> yeah, it was Trump. Yeah, it, it wasn't a stretch at all. <laughs> but, you know, they had to throw a little little marble shine on it and yeah. pass it off. As a giant like. head on little baby legs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That's really funny. So, all right. Are we ready to move on or... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we we circled the wagons on Modoc. All right. Let's see what we got here then. Good news for fans of this film right here. Why are you here? 
Why don't you just leave? How do your weapons work? You know that guy's like, I can't understand a fucking word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak cricket right do now. Do we have a translator for yeah. this? <laughs> that guy just to know that, like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking grasshopper, right? What the fuck you want me to say? But people, that is District 9. And a lot of people have been hoping that the bugs would be back at some point soon. And that might be the case right now. As they say, they being the headlines of many entertainment tabloids out there, in this particular case, Variety, saying that Neil Blomkamp reveals that District 10, the screenplay, is in the works. So that's in the very early stages, which means that I wouldn't get your hopes up. Not saying that I don't want to see it, not saying that it can't happen, not saying that I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, but given Neil Blomkamp's record as, as far as getting projects produced today, a lot of stuff hasn't come to fruition, and there's probably some reasons we could talk about for that. But Christian, what's up? Well, I just want to say really quickly, I have a, a lot of reverence for District 9 as a film. I remember that came out in 2009, which is insane to think that it's already 12 years old. Yep. Uh, and that came out, I think, two months after the Transformers second movie came out. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is because that budget was 200 and something million. And I believe the District 9 budget was like 30 or something like an astronomical number uh, or difference between the two things. And yet I would yeah. say the special effects in District 9 were done so much better and done uh, to actually actually a vision. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I've always really loved that film for the economy of storytelling, um, not to mention, you know, taking actual real footage and, and, and making a meta, um, you know, a commentary on apartheid and all that stuff. I just think it's very smart. Oftentimes we have a problem acknowledging as humans, acknowledging the kind of atrocities that we do. We always have to throw it behind a veil of genre, right? Oh, it's sci-fi. So it's not us. Starship Troopers, I think, is a really good example of that, right? By the end of it, you're yeah. like, oh, we're Nazis. Yeah, that makes you feel icky, right? Like you're, you're you're celebrating Nazis. So I feel like the same thing with District Nine. I think it's a wonderful sci-fi film. People have been clamoring for a sequel for the longest time, and I'm with you. Like if you think about Neil Blomkamp's career, right? He gets District Nine, and then the thing he you talked about this a little bit, I believe, yesterday, which is he was tapped to do Halo. Peter Jackson was going to produce a Halo adaptation. Neil Blomkamp was select hand chosen to be the director for that thing. And it got everyone excited. And obviously that didn't come to fruition. I don't know if that's his problem or, or Bungie. There still hasn't been a proper adaptation. I know we're coming up on one finally. Yeah. Um, so I'm not ready to really blame Blomkamp for that. But if you look at subsequent uh, projects that he had lined up other than Halo, right? He was, he was in line to do Alien, didn't do Alien. In line yeah. to do RoboCop, didn't do RoboCop. Uh, he was a person who would, who, would, who would love to be boisterous out in the press and talk about projects that were going to happen, but very rarely did they happen. So this brings me to District 10, which is like, I look, I love it and I'm clamoring for it, but I have to wonder if this is more a creative necessity or if this is someone who has not made a film in six years and is looking at what's the safest way to kind of get back into critical acclaim because each subsequent film that he's made has been less warmly received and then you get to Chappie and I don't think any of us really want to bring up Chappie well, but we must. Well that's the thing with this man is that when you get to Neil Blomkamp why haven't these projects come to fruition because he's had some projects that immediately you want to say He's perfect for that. Mm -hmm. And also he has the right idea. If he, you know, I don't know. And if, 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 even if you don't know he's, he's perfect for something, you start thinking, well, I don't know how that project would be, but he has the right idea for bringing it back around. 
like with Alien, man, he's the one that came out and said, just scrap everything. You know, do what they're doing with Halloween and just start from Aliens and let's pick it up from there and do a proper sequel instead of all these just kind of cash grab studio sequels that, the, the, that, they, that they made for Alien. You can go online and see many, many, many of the designs that he had for it and how the characters picking up with uh, uh, Corporal Hicks and Newt. Mm-hmm. You know, characters that should have been around for a little while at least that they immediately killed off because executives were coked up and didn't know what the fuck to do with this back in the day. Seriously. Um, So I was all for him doing a Halo project. I I think he had the best idea for Aliens. Should I even be on his side for doing RoboCop? That dystopian look of South Apartheid Africa, South, South, uh, South Africa Apartheid done through the metaphor of Aliens would have been a great vision to bring to just a rundown Detroit. But yeah. why has that not happened? And I think it's because throughout the years, as you said, man, you know, these projects have kind of fallen off and he was not the wonder kid that everybody thought he was going to be. He was not the next Spielberg, Peter Jackson, George Lucas, J.J. Uh, Abrams that everybody thought he was going to be. Those those things slipped. And I think it accumulated to a point where a lot of people said, all right, this project's his final one. And we're going to be very, very careful what kind of budget we give this guy. Chappy, if you want to be in the gang, you have to be cool like daddy. Look how daddy walks. Look how cool he is. You need to keep a gangster. You need to keep a gangster. Yeah, you to be cool. Don't lie from being cool. Cool. Even when you put a gun, you have to be cool like this. Boom. And you try. No, I can't shoot people. What? I can't shoot them. They didn't do anything to me. How are you going to do the heist with us if you don't shoot people? I can't do heist. Heist is a crime. I promised. It's okay. Hey, let's worry about that later, okay? He's like, let's chop this motherfucker and put on some rims, man. <laughs> let's, bleep, let's, bleep, let's shit, fuck having to shoot a gun. Let's just ride this motherfucker. Let's drive him. <laughs> put some ground effects on him, man. That's Chappie, and Chappie was the one where I think that was the tipping point. If you uh, look at this screen provided by Christian over here, this is. We have Neil Blomkamp's short filmography right here. District 9, 90%. Everybody loves that movie. Elysium, Elysium was kind of falling off, not as strong, but I think people even give him that a pass. They say, okay, you know what, sophomore slump. Let's give this guy another chance. And that other chance was Chappie, 32% right there. And I think at that point, that is why you did not see these things. So that's another reason why we come back to doing something like District 10 because they say, all right, well, you hopefully cannot fuck up your own creation from the beginning <laughs> that, that did so well. And I think a lot of people are more safe with him doing that. And I hope that District 10 is something that is successful. I hope it happens because if he's successful with that, first of all, I never wanted this guy, I always wanted him to have success because I did think he's one of the best, he, at the time, he's one of the best visionaries in Hollywood when it came to science sure. fiction. But if that happens, maybe we will get something like his version of Alien, if he can prove himself to be a success to the studios and the people that write the checks out there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing, right? It's what have you done for me lately in Hollywood all the time. We see that and it kills a lot of really interesting projects. Now, I think there were chips in that wall well before Chappie. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a bunch of other projects that just didn't kind of come to fruition. And a lot of the time it's like 
you know, when you're in pre-production, it's like pre-production is held up tenuously by the mm-hmm. vision of the one person who's trying to put it together, right? He's got to hire the the art directions. He's got to hire the people. He's got to do the whole thing by himself while people yeah. are just kind of taking it as a blind faith jump. Oh, this person I believe in. Let's follow him into battle and spend the next couple of years of my life making a world up. And it's like, while he did that at the micro budget, each time that budget increased for him, it seemed like they was, it was worse results. We've talked about this ad nauseum, man. Some artists are great when they have limitations. When they yep. have fewer resources, that's when you get the best out of them. District 10 seems like a no-brainer because, again, the first one done for $30 million, that's chump change, you know, compared to the $250 million, $300 million blockbusters we're getting now. So it's it's a it's a safe bet uh, financially. Also, it may give him a chance to kind of go back and tell a story that was clearly personal to him. I think that's the thing. You, you see his relationship with apartheid and that country and all that stuff. It makes sense for District 9. Um, he was asked a couple years ago on like a Reddit, ask me anything, uh, uh, you know, thing that they do. And they, and, and someone asked him about if district 10 was going to come out and he's like, Oh well, yeah, I want to, there's a lot of other things I want to do, but it's gotta be the right time. It's gotta make the, the same kind of sense that district nine meant. Uh, and I think him coming out now out of the woodwork, and this is three or so years ago, he made that comment saying, Hey, I think this is the time it's, it's emblematic of maybe he's inspired. Maybe he's looking around at the real world and seeing some shit that looks a little too similar, right? Like these camps at the border or uh, fucking the Chinese internment camps or any of the things that we're seeing that are pretty nightmarish, things that we all decried when we watched this film 12 years ago, yet we passively sort of let happen again. Um, I, I think it's it, it's a good to see an artist who's motivated again and who can be motivated without taking a huge gamble. District 10 comes out and he makes it good and it makes money and it's critically adored. I Whatever he wants to do next, they'll be able to do. I truly believe that. No, I, I agree with you, but I think your strongest point there is when you said bring this man back to a lower budget. Yeah. You know, when uh, with some of those other projects, I mean, I don't even think Chappie was all that expensive, man. It was still, it, Chappie's was still impressive from an effects standpoint. I, I, I did like it from there. I thought Chappie was a cool creation. I just thought the story was, it was nothing but, uh, it was nothing but short, a, a gangster short circuit. And it was, and it was just not that endearing of a film. Uh, but then, when you look at some of the other stuff that he had done, you could saw that you or you could see that he was definitely somebody who was getting more money because he made a big name for himself. He was that new guy. He was all he was being talked about. Uh, he was the talk of the town. So, you know, during that time, he was at that stage where it's like, all right, you know what? Everybody loves this guy. Everybody loves the science fiction and special effects. Give this guy enough money where he can go out there and do his vision and, hey, kid, you know what? We're not going to do all these, all these South African no-names that you've been working with. Nah, we ain't doing none of that. Let's bring in some of the big guns, some of the big stars. Let's bring in some A-listers for your next project. Welcome. Ah, oh, hello, madam. So he definitely brought that whole message of income inequality 
you know, human, human, human oppression, uh, either done through metaphor or done with other humans uh, in a science fiction setting. He definitely brought that into a bigger budget with this movie, working with Jodie Foster and, and Jason uh, Bourne himself, Jason Damon, Bourne up yeah. there, ro- Robo Bourne, you know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, man, you could, you could definitely see where he was given more money. And when he did that, the impact was lost a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of people that had a great impact. Their, their budgets went up that it was lost. And then when they would pull back down, they worked smaller. They were great. And once they start fluctuating and go higher again, same bullshit. M. Night Shyamalan, man, is that guy. You know, he totally. made, when he, when he was brought back and made like the, what is it, the visit and stuff like that, it was like, all right, this yeah, is the, fun. The visit was like a micro budget thing that revitalized that guy because it seemed like he was having fun, man. He was like a film student again, just figuring out how to do it for cheap and it brought out the best in him. Blomkamp's the same way. 30 million for the first film, $115 million budget, which is still cheap, but for how much of a percentage increase it is for Elysium, that's like significant. So the problem here, here's the only thing to, to put a, a little um, cut through your sales here, is that Chappie was only a $49 million movie, which is an increase over District 9, but certainly a decrease from Elysium. So it's like yeah. they put him in a little bit more of a box and we still got a chappy out of it. You know what I mean? And this is what's so <laughs> scary is like, where do we go? I think District 10, his career, look, look, he'll, someone will pay him to make shitty movies his whole life if he wants to. I'm not saying he's untalented, but I feel like his career in terms of being respected, how we thought about him, right? Oh my God, Peter Jackson, Spielberg, these people are all talking about him like he's the next guy up. Uh, I think it largely depends on what he's able to pull off next. And the fact is he has not produced a single movie since 2015. Yeah. It I lets you know kind of like where his career is. People may like him, but people don't trust him with a big budget. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody made a good point. Holy Hannah says, I think when there's money involved, directors are more beholden to the production company's creative uh, oversight. That is true. That is what, you know, the more money they put in there, the more you're going to have a studio come in, unless you're somebody like Christopher Nolan, you know, it's rare where they write you a $200 million check and they're like, just go do whatever. Right. You know, a lot of other people, that's why you see projects. That's why it's hard to really come in and criticize movies overall. You know, that's why you can't be personal with directors and actors because projects in Hollywood, man, the more money that's involved, the more that shit will change. It'll morph in the middle of production. And that's because people are scared about their investment. They're, you know, they're worried about their jobs. So you're right. Uh, Holy Hannah, that's exactly why uh, I believe. And um, I, it could be this, that, that that's what happened with Neil Blomkamp. I don't know. But definitely going back to something cheaper, I think, uh, even though you just even disproved that now, Christian. So, I, you know, I don't know. I'm relatively. I, I think that the idea was more sound for District 9 and it came from a more personal place. And based on the comments, like I said, where he's like, oh, I look around and I'm seeing some shit that makes me not feel very good. Things that I've already seen happen in my lifetime that we all celebrated that, hey, we got over it, guys. Yeah. And then in the back, the left hand, like you said, it was just doing some shit that people couldn't see. So I, I'm really hopeful. I, I, I remember when that guy was supposed to be the halo person. I was like, OK, like I, I was genuinely excited for what that would look yeah. like based on this and the halo commercials, yeah. uh, which I think you you talked about yesterday as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind of. My last word going into production, we're not talking about it, the movie going into production, but I think it's nice to say that this person has his sights set on his next project. And it's one that's a personal one, not one that's beholden to studio money. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody mentioned Star Wars, man. Star Wars is the ultimate example of studios coming in and spending too much money and having too much oversight. They've fucked that all up. So somebody said just like Justice League. 
just like Suicide Squad. Yeah, those things, man. Uh, Furious Kirk, he was saying those things morphed in the middle. I agree with you. Yeah, so. but you don't blame that, right? Like you understand that to an extent. If you're a studio and you're putting up money, and 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 the two things you're making currently <laughs> look and feel a lot like the thing that just got critically, you know, derided, don't you understand the studio going in there? At the same time, how many other creatives have to have that fucking fight with the studio and it compromises their vision? It's like yeah. I understand everyone's plight in that situation, you know. No, same here, man. I get it. I get it. I mean, there's no simple answer for it. It's just that I don't know. Uh, Hey, work cheap. That's, that's what I can say. Oh, let's go ahead and move on to our next thing over here. Unless you have something else you want to add, sir. No, no, I don't. I, I'm hopeful for that person's career. I think there's a lot of worse directors who are getting a lot of money to make movies uh, and, and to remake movies. Uh, Zack Snyder. Um, and so I really hope this person can can get another chance to do something really interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of going in and remaking something. There's remaking and there's straight up rebooting. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of boots in our ass as of recent. We already have seen the announcement of several reboots. Uh, Frasier. I don't know if that you call that a reboot or if they're picking it back up. And they, is, is Kelsey Grammer going to be back for this? I don't know. Yeah, reboots and revivals. I'm, Reboot. I'm lumping them all together today. Reboots and revival. Revivals out there, man. Well, they put they're pitching up revival tents everywhere because they are doing several of these. Some of these you've already heard of. You got the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's getting a, a, a dramatic reboot. We have a reboot of Walker Texas Ranger with a little bit of a younger Walker right there. I actually, have a, a friend who's doing security on that set. <laughs> he went out there. Walker actually saved that dude's life, man. He didn't have anywhere to go, and he told him just go out and sleep on the set. So he slept. So that dude went out. He slept in. He slept in Walker's bedroom, man, <laughs> on the set. No bullshit. I just heard about this last night or the night before. Um, and then you're starting to get revivals and reboots. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, they're coming back. And then uh, there's the ones that are coming back where they're kind of pseudo revivals slash reboots in a way. You know, they're just a thing on, uh, of their own. Uh, Saved by the Bell is one of those. Yo, Mama. Sorry, Dr. Mama. How do you think this year's gonna go for these new students? I'm psyched. You're excited for the first day of school? Why is everybody so rich? Are you ready for my party Saturday night? I got DJ Khaled's baby to make you a playlist. It's okay. Time out. What is up with these kids? In attendance, will be... You know, I I don't... I I mean, I don't want to judge, but I just... Is it... Is it just sad that these motherfuckers just cannot leave high school? <laughs> they, want, they just keep they keep working there. They even the politicians they got to keep running back to the high school. And I think that the kids go there, so they got to be like den moms. And shit. I don't, the fuck is going on with these people that none of them have left this town, man? <laughs> and all of them just got to stay around. They got to keep hovering around that life. God damn, what are you motherfuckers? Leave? I think at this point, I think uh, 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 Screech is the luckiest one out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, because death took him away from fucking that <laughs> horrible fate of his. No, because they say it's the best years of your life, and everyone believes that. Uh, especially everyone at the Save by the Save by the Bell fucking show. I don't know, man. It's like, here's my beef with it. 
Um, and I, I try to talk to you a little bit about this before, which is that I, I you know, re- reboots have been happening for forever. I'm not being yeah. shitty about a reboot necessarily. All right. That's kind of baked in. It's as American as fucking cherry pie and shit. Revivals are a little bit different because revivals speak to me as, um, as, as the people who are now in charge of curating, having decision making powers. So it's like this, I'll use an example. When I was a teenager, I'd go into, you know, I'd go into like a Spencer's or hot topic or whatever. And those places were specifically designed to kind of cultivate nostalgia. Right. So when I went mm-hmm. in there, it was a lot of Princess Bride and a lot of like Tron and like 80 late 80s shit. Right. The thing, all that stuff's really cool. And then I went in recently with a friend of mine and it's like Rocco's Modern Life and Red and Stimpy and all this <laughs> shit. That's like, oh, OK. Why is that? It's because people who are now curating the merchandising and Hot Topic are kind of our age, right? Like a little mm-hmm. bit around the same age group, influenced by the same TV and, and movies. So, yeah, they're trying to curate that. We are rapidly approaching where the people who are making decisions on who on, on what to green light uh, are, are sort of in the same age group. And they're like, hey, I really liked Fresh Prince growing up. Fuck it. Let's do a French Prince thing. And it's like they're just going to keep doing that. And, I, and I'm – I guess I'm excited about that a little bit because there are things selfishly that I'm like, oh, I would love to kind of see that again as a revival, as a continuation, not a reboot. But at the same time, it's like we are hitting critical mass because we have so many different streaming services and everyone's able to order it that it feels like very quickly. We we were complaining 10 years ago about too many sequels, too many reboots. And it's like, have we gotten any better? No, we've tripled down on that shit. Yeah. There's so many things that you could look at with revivals and reboots. Positive and negative, because on the negative side, I know my generation coming up, Gen 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 X. Uh, there's a lot of people who just didn't have a cause. I mean, for a lot of people, it was hip hop. But I know a lot a lot of white kids who grew up were just kind of like, we got nothing to really fight for. You know, we got <laughs> we got nothing to really you know make a, a a strong identity of our of our young culture so a lot of that was going back to your childhood and just kind of regurgitating all the things that you loved and refashioning it in certain ways whether you're wearing it on a t-shirt or bringing it up in a commercial or you know uh having bucks bunny wear hip-hop clothes you know giving them more edge and then you have people also well Television itself might be a cause of that. I don't know how people did it when when they had radios and plays. I don't know if they were rebooting those all the time, but television is something that is such a strong visual medium. I think that you've got to think about when did television come around. You know, for most people who hit mainstream and for people to afford a television, it was like the '60s, man, when people could buy. I mean, it amazes me to know that just a few years before, television was still a, a luxury for people, man. Um, so television, even not being that old, uh, is something where that could just be a medium that kind of nurtures uh, uh, nostalgia. Uh, but on the bright side of things, now that we do have this visual, this strong visual medium of television and movies, uh, maybe that's a good way of going in and just reexamining our society as we change. You know, I look at I look at the, the 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 reboot or the revival or whatever it is of Saved by the Bell. And I'm looking at what they're doing here. And I, I, while this is something where it's like, are these people in the fucking twilight zone that they cannot leave this town, that they all got to still be around each other? Maybe that's something that would be cool to make fun of or whatnot. But also, I look at how, how the students have changed against the background of the kids who were on the sitcom uh, in the 90s. Dad, you look amazing and your hair's fire. My dad's also coming. I don't care about your dad, Spencer. I just care about Zach and Kelly. 
I mean, that kid is obviously gay, all right? So, you know, there were no gay kids at the time. They probably will confront racial racial issues if they're smart or, you know, if they if they really are going down this line of comparing how times were against the, how they were back then. It's a good way to see how times have changed and progressed and how television itself, the entertainment medium has progressed. So, you know, in a way, it could be looked at as cool. Now, why the fuck anybody wants this reboot right here? I don't know. Nice shoes. I remember that girl. I have two different feet. Why shouldn't I wear two different shoes? Still works? Who the fuck is asking for a Punky Brewster as an adult reboot? <laughs> I don't know. But okay. Okay, maybe you could explain that to me. No, there's no explanation here. When you were saying this whole like, oh, we can measure the differences in times and how society changes. I'm just like, but the punky Brewster. No, like that's not what it's doing. It's <laughs> it's celebrating everything that was sort of emblematic of that show originally and just putting it 30 years in the future. Dude, I don't know. This is one of those things. This is my my real cautionary tale is who greenlit this? Someone who had an emotional attachment to Punky Brewster? Because I understand the utility of saying, you know, we have this uh, recognizable IP. So even if we change some of the, the, the you know, fundamental ingredients of it, we can call it Saved by the Bell because it has the name recognition and then we can tell a different story. I'm sort of OK with that. That's the natural evolution of a story, sort of. This Punky Brewster shit is like in the same way that Cat Mario is keeping me up. I have no idea why this is being made or how much money went into this. And it seems like did they think it was going to be a sure bet? And and furthermore, in five, ten years, it's going to be people who are literally my age making these decisions. And what really bad shows are they going to green light? I just don't understand it. Yeah. I You know, somebody said, uh, hey, for what it's worth, uh, the girl that paid, played Punky Brewster, she's still fine as hell, man. She 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 looks great, you know. But I guess you know well, she's got a weird name, right? It's like Moon or something, or yeah, Soleil, like, Fire Soleil, or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, man. Uh, fine as fuck. That's what I'll call her. No, she's uh <laughs> no, she looks great. I don't know what the angle of this show is going to be, so I can't speak too soon. I see there's different kids in there. She's got a diverse, a diverse group of kids. Maybe there's something about. Maybe this is a big commentary on age. I mean, you know, you have this young TV star who at the time was cute and adorable. She's gotten older right now. And as she has gotten older, that's something that we recognize. They're not going to gloss over that, even though she's still beautiful. Maybe this is something where they are looking at the they're looking at anywhere from possibly just being an adult to ageism to anything, you know, are just addressing the what the people who grew up with her at the time you know, what they're going through right now as adults, you know, maybe they're taking that angle right there. And if that's the case. That could be cool, too. All of these could have an angle and a reason for doing what they're doing, uh, you know, for certain groups are commenting on how things have changed. And then there's some where it's just like, all right, let's just bring the nostalgia back. Hey, don't forget sunscreen. You know, we play indoors, right? That's what SPF 15 is for. Come on, let's go. We're late. The Ducks are a powerhouse organization. The record 10 state championships. A little different than the Ducks of the 90s. I gotta cut you. I mean, at this age, if you can't be great at hockey, don't bother. Don't bother? Mom, please. Shouldn't kids be able to play sports for fun? Stephanie, you brought two private trainers to your kids' hockey practice. Oh, I'm a pediatric sports psychologist. <sighs> you know, and even that then, I was like, all right, what are they doing different? They are addressing how uh, the, the, the parents of, 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 of kids 
kids' athletic activities, you know, how they're going crazy, how we're catching all these people on social media when they lose their shit, how obsessive they, the parents are. If, you know, if that's something that they could do, then cool, man. You know, uh, I, all of these could have an angle, man. I think my biggest problem is that you just have to have a balance with all this nostalgia, man, because nostalgia has also come in and has, at least in my opinion, ruined some things just because people are just happy to see a recognizable visual. I hate to keep going back to this, but Star Wars is something that I think has been ruined by nostalgia. People will still today, even when you go in and say, man, that was just bad storytelling. Yeah, but an X-Wing fighter. Oh my God, but did you see that fucking lightsaber? And it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Okay, if that's what you want, that's fine. But it really has brought the quality of this project down. You even have today just, you know, you're looking at Peacock and Paramount Plus. These are platforms. These are these are channels that have they're building their identity on nostalgia. We climbed all the way up this mountain for a metaphor. I'm going home. Oh, Nora, you are home. We live here now on Mount Paramount. Isn't it glorious? What are we supposed to do up here? We dance. Sure. Let's make it weirder. And then he started mixing nostalgia. Oh, my God. It's uh, SpongeBob singing 80s cock rock. You know, it's... it's 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 it, that's my only problem with nostalgia is when the urgency for nostalgia is so strong, the urge for it is so strong that quality doesn't matter. Cleverness doesn't matter. We're just happy to see, oh, it's that thing I recognize. That's where I start to get irritated. Well, and that's my point. The studios, that's where it begins and ends with them. And I think that's the weird thing where it's like then they hire a, a writer. So that's Saved by the Bell, which I haven't seen, admittedly. I don't want to be a shithead about it. I haven't seen it. But it's from from one of the writers from 30 Rock. 30 Rock's a multi-Emmy uh, award-winning show, right? So it has some prestige yeah. behind it. But what they're doing is that the studio is just like, ah, it's cool. We got Punky Brewster. Let's dust her off. And then they have to hire someone whose job is to come in and try to find an angle for these things. And my problem is, like, if you're not setting off with, like, you know, sort of noble intent, you, usually these things kind of sputter and fail out immediately because like people even though they claim they want the nostalgia they also hate a, a joyless cash grab and most of these projects feel like that and again you're right everything every single idea that happens comes down to the writing you can make anything engaging and interesting you can give anything emotional stakes the problem is that almost never happens with the majority of these revivals specifically reboots whatever motherfucker reboot that's a blank yeah. slate to start yeah. over that's you shaking the etch a sketch right but but revivals i am really fucking shitty about because they almost never have a reason to exist i like somebody said i ain't gonna lie i'm getting paramount plus sorry Corey. i didn't i'm not arguing against getting it i didn't say yeah. it was bad I didn't say, I, we've actually talked very po at least I have I've talked positively about reboots and revivals I would say if you can get an angle on it I just I just think that again you know there can be an overload of reboots and nostalgia that's all I mean I'm not even arguing I'm not telling anybody that this is a bad thing I do think that you know in a way where if you're just bringing stuff back for the sake of bringing it back and that's your angle that's your joke then that's a, that to me that's kind of a problem if somebody if you can have some original programming and reboot things and whatnot and do it in a clever way then awesome if it's just if if, if as i said simply put if the whole thing is hey look what we got remember this if that is it then so be it uh you know some of those things can be argued with with things that they're doing on paramount plus right now i don't know if there's any they, and they've tried to do an angle with this at one time i don't know if it worked but they're rebooting rugrats Mister, talk to me for a sec. Uh, 
I don't want any trouble, Angelica. No trouble. I want to play a new game. It's called Be My Jonathan. I made it up special for you and me. And see, the one thing changes. She's never stopped being a bitch. You know, <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, the, their biggest thing right there is, oh, well, it's all the same. We just put it in 3D, uh, you know, 3D CG animation. But the counter argument to, arg argument to that could also be, well, how many generations have grown up on Scooby-Doo? They've always had a different version of that. They've always had a different version of Mickey. They've all DuckTales has been rebooted. So, I mean... It, it, only thing you can do is take it project by project. It can be great. It can be clever. It can be awesome, man. It could also be something that totally ruins a franchise just because people will accept any kind of shittiness as long as they get the image of something that they like. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so here's my, here's my, first of all, if I had to pitch one of these and not even that I particularly love the show, but I figured out how to do it, which is like do with that 70s show thing and set it in the nineties because that's what it did in the nineties. It was talking about 20 years ago. We're now 20 years pretty much. Oh God, we're a little bit more than 20 years. Jesus Christ. I'm old. Okay. Anyway, uh, the point is like you could do that with some of the original cast and make it about their kids. And it's a commentary on getting older and times changing. At least that makes sense to me. The two that you always hear, I think from, from the two thousands that people are like, Oh, this is going to get a reboot. Uh, uh, is The Office, which has been off the air for eight years now. People seem to forget this. I know you were never a huge fan of it, but it was like a juggernaut and it has a new life on Peacock. Mm -hmm. I think it's insane if you don't think in the next five years they're going to green light a, re uh, like a, a reboot of that, a revival in some sort. And the other one, but this is the one that I always get shitty about. People are also talking about redoing Lost as a show. And I'm not going to get into the weeds about how people feel about the ending of that show. What I will say is that that show is not something that lends itself to an easy reboot. You know what I'm saying? Because it has, it's like doing the x-files again they can try and i know they're trying to do it now uh but it doesn't work it's like you would set this thing up to be a mythological uh driven show and so i i look at that where it's like it just seems like you're you're green lighting it for the sake of green lighting and not because there's any real story or real angle or anything other than like hey it's sitting on our shelf it'll make us money let's do that and i just think we're hitting a zenith there like i we've seen reboots and stuff for a long time i don't think we've ever seen them at this clip or as obscure as some of the stuff we're pulling yeah yeah we'll see man well, and hey look i tell you uh reboots could also be beneficial in advancing diversity you know there's a lot of comments coming through about how they're, they're about to reboot superman and superman mm, yeah. is probably going to be rebooted in this next version as a black man so i'm looking here to neshi coates to write superman movie for Warner Brothers, J.J. Abrams is producing the feature, which, according to sources, is being set up as a black Superman story. Now, before we go too far, I don't think anybody's trying to take away your white Clark Kent. You're gonna, you know, they're gonna, you're gonna keep your little backwoods country fucking <laughs> Superman out there. Nobody's gonna take. I don't think they're taking Clark Kent. Or maybe they are. I don't know. All I know is when I saw this, I immediately thought, well, they already did a black Superman. They got Calvin Ellis. Uh, that that is, and, and he's on another Earth, Earth twenty three. And I imagine that that's that's kind of the super, uh, the, the Miles Morales version of Superman, right there. You know, it's a different version. Hey, hey, look, we can, everybody can be happy. You know, the white people, you don't have to have your Clark Kent taken away. You still got him. You ain't got to be talking about men are taking everything, including our superheroes. And the black people can get. Their image is Superman, but hey, you know what? Black people say, hey, man, let's just, I would like to see a black Batman or a Superman, but let's create new characters. Well, this is a nice middle ground for that right there, I think. Uh, you know, 
this is sort of staring away from what we talked about with reboots earlier. But how you feeling about this? I'm excited about it, but like I, you know, like when you ever hear these kind of projects, the part of you gets really excited because like I really like uh, the the creative team. You know, JJ gets a bad rap as a director, and I still agree with that for the most part. But like I feel like he produces a bunch of fine stuff. Um, I'm not really worried about him. He has a great relationship with Warner Brothers as well, so good for him. Uh, Coates is fucking wonderful, but I would say this. His Black Panther took a long time before he got really good. I didn't read his Captain America, um, and I love his nonfiction stuff. So on a creative level, I'm really excited about it. I get weird all the time whenever they talk about changing the races of this shit because we were talking a little bit about this off mic uh, about The Last of Us, but – like he's an alien Superman. There's nothing about him that's inherently white or brown or black or fucking anything. So yeah. when people try to change the character uh, and they get up in arms about it, people really freak out. And I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think if it's about avoiding controversy, they're going to have to make sure it's not our Kal-El and our Clark Kent or any of that shit, because you're right. People will lose their minds, but I don't see this as a, as a bad thing. And I don't see how people will spin it to be a bad thing without having ulterior shitty motives. They will get, no, you're exactly right. They will fucking spin it (laughs) to be a bad thing. Uh, one way or another, you know, uh, thing is, I understand understand people being upset about reboots and remakes and going in and changing things man because uh, executives don't get it they when they go in they change stuff they they change these things without understanding the 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 project or the are the they without understanding the source material without understanding the the property that everybody knows and loves they just go in there and think about well we got this actor right here we got this screenwriter that we got to hire oh this stuff won't translate well to the screen you know we got to make this for everybody so they they fuck it all up but when it comes to when it comes to doing alternates uh like, let's just say this is a different Superman. He's from a different Earth, another dimension, whatever. Giving him a movie is not going to be a bad thing. I know everybody's going to be like, well, fucking, you know, why couldn't you just make a, why couldn't you make a Superman movie? Now, wouldn't that beat all get out? Because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El, because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness, he sent us his only son. Super Jesus! <laughs> his name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. We've gotten, and no offense to him, but we've gotten a white Superman movie for fucking years a white superman show for fucking years a white superman cartoon for fucking years and guess what you're gonna get more there's already there's already a superman show and i hear it's i hear it's excellent and they're doing a lot more with the with with superman today you know smallville was cool and now they got that now they got that uh that Superman, uh, the, super, the Superman and Lois, Superman one. Look, and Lois. All I know about that movie or that show is that it's like surprisingly adult. Like they're talking about reverse mortgages and shit, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess this is a new direction for Superman. It's not adult as in porn or something. It's adult right. as in adulting. Like Superman is sitting down doing taxes and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard that that uh, that show, Superman and Lois, is really cool, and I I I, I really want to see this. I think I'm gonna try to watch it this weekend. Talk about it on Sunday. 
And our dad told us all these stories about growing up here. I'll tell you it sucks. Actually, I think he kind of loved it. We came here as a family. It's too dangerous for them to know. It's more dangerous if they don't. You're Superman? No, we've seen Superman before. We've seen him. Told the boys you're Superman. Jesus, our dad never took off his glasses. <laughs> you know, you're gonna continue to get Superman projects. My only problem is that for this one time that they want to make a black Superman movie that's probably not even Clark Kent. I'm going to have an issue with the people that get pissed off about that. Well, why can't you just make a fucking white Superman movie? You know, it's the same people who say, well, why, you know, you got Black History Month. Why won't we have White History Month? It's like, God damn, motherfucker, it's a month. It's one month. Like, like with this, you know what? It'll be one movie. Unless it's popular, then you'll get a lot more. But Jesus, even if it's not, and it might be, the, I don't know, it might be a black Clark Kent. I don't know. Instead of the, Instead of the, 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 you know, out in the country, he'll be born in the hood or something. You know, I don't know. It could be the same, same thing. But let's just say for argument's sake right now that it's not. Or even if it is, just give it one fucking movie, man. You've had it all these years. God damn. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, a, you know, anytime there's an evening of the score, it seems like they're being excoriated for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like somehow equality for other people feels like oppression to them. And that's like the funniest fucking thing in the world to me to think about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, I'm sitting here thinking about <laughs> I'm thinking about the fact that like we, we have done 80 some odd years. Right. Where it has been this one thing over and over and over again. And God forbid we get a perspective that feels a little bit different about an alien. I just want to throw that out there again. It's about an alien. And 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 the last thing is the people who complain about this, hopefully, and I'm not trying to make the Snyder fans the problem here, no. but Zack Snyder just came in here and fundamentally changed so many fucking integral things to these characters. That Superman, that Batman is not Superman and Batman, not the way that I know them as characters, and I'm not being precious about it. I'm just saying that they're pretty well-defined and well-established. No one can complain about a black Superman after they just had this Snyder Superman because it's they're both incongruous, except that one might actually live up to the ideals of what the character Superman's supposed to be and one clearly didn't. You know what? You're exactly right. Zack Snyder for, there are a lot of people who went in and they have defended and I'm not I'm not one of these anti-Snyder people, man. I'm actually of the opinion, give them a chance. Everybody has their interpretation of superheroes. There's, you know, there's so many graphic novels and different spinoffs. If you want to try something different, fine. If it works, fine. If it doesn't. But one of the things that he did he changed it, and a lot of people are saying, so what? You know, let him have his vision. You know, if he wants to make a sad, angsty-ass Superman, then fucking let him. You know, if it, it, even though it might not be the noble, uh, 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 patriotic Superman that we've always seen. Hey, that's his vision. So what's wrong with uh, them doing Superman? Well, you know, uh, or, or they're doing a black Superman. Well, you know, our Superman's white still. <laughs> you know, he can be sad. He can be different. He can have to be patriotic. He can have to be a Boy Scout. But he white. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that, my, that's my problem when people nitpick on that one thing. It is such a stark contrast and people want to jump to the, like the biggest arguments. Oh, the, the, you're forcing diversity. Oh, man, this is a minority hire doing this. This is affirmative action of superheroes heroes now the fuck out of here man you've had all these for years and yes well i would love to see a maybe a different black uh, uh superhero creation i you made a great point you know you've these characters have changed 
so much over the years. But when it gets down to race, that's when people get up in arms. And it's like, get out of here, man. I, you know, the only time I'll be upset is if they don't do a good movie. Right. Like that should be the end result first is make a, a good, compelling film with a with a character that you understand. I mean, the other thing I would say about this, unless I'm really mistaken on my history. Um, who is it? Jerry, Jerry Siegel. Is it Siegel and Siegel and Schuster? They make they made Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's two Jewish guys after the Holocaust. And they've, I think, talked about this where they're like, we wanted to create something that made us feel a little less. Uh, helpless, right? Like we had just witnessed this atrocity and we wanted to create this, this superman, right? Like this character that was, that stood for everything that was good and everything that was right and, and, and equality and freedom and blah, 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 blah. So it's like the mantle of that. I've always felt, you know what I'm saying? It's like making that a black character in no way diminishes that at all. In fact, it kind of strengthens the origins of what Superman was when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is they'll get Michael B. Jordan to play him. I had actually heard this a while back that, Michael B. Yeah, Jordan yeah. was actually considered to be in playing uh, Superman. And as I said, maybe he'll play this other version of Superman. It's just one of these things where, man, you know, let's uh, let, let's give it a chance. Let it have you. You're not think of it as this. You're not going to lose it. You just got this one time that your movie that you think it the way it should have been done didn't come out. You know, right. you didn't get another fucking Christopher Reeves. You didn't get, you know, another Zack Snyder thing, which, by the way, all of those have been their own interpretations. You got something that was black and that just shocks a lot of people. We are. Oh, what's that? Oh, I was just saying, let's be honest for a second, is that you will believe a man can fly. Yeah, that first one's pretty fine. I, the second one had its issues. But what's the one with Richard Pryor? Is that Quest for Peace? Like, let's not no, act Quest like for the peace, original Superman. No, He's in four, right? Quest four. for Peace? That's my point. So I'm sitting here just being like, let's not pretend like they're all bangers or like that, that – uh, God, who's the pedophile direct? Brian Singer's man, uh, the Superman Returns, right? Like these aren't bangers. These aren't like precious works of art. This isn't the fucking Sistine Chapel, okay? So maybe let's not be so precious about it. Let's give it a chance because we've certainly given a bunch of chances to the other stuff. And even though we don't know the, we don't have to show the origin story of Superman. Notice that people are getting tired of origin stories because that's the same thing they tell over and over again. You know, I mean, we we've seen this over and over and over again. The human race had the capacity for goodness. He set us his only son. A little dick hanging out. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would be a great way to retell the story from a different perspective, another origin story. Add some, you know, it's uh, add some variety to it for a change. You know, I mean, and again, it doesn't have to be the same character. So, yeah, man, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I, I am a huge fan of the 1978 Richard Donner Superman. I love it. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. It's that John Williams score. <laughs> I know. Brings you the gift of white. Superman. <laughs> Man, it's... I just, uh, yeah, I, I, for one, I, I understand. I, we, we had, a, we had a, a discussion earlier, and don't think that I'm just on this argument of changing things just to change things. I'm not. We had a discussion a little while ago. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, let me type in this man's name. So. We had a discussion a little while ago about a video game adaptation that's happening. And it was right before the show that this happened. And it, Christian and I were talking about how everyone was 
kind of getting in an uproar about Mahershala Ali playing Joel in The Last of Us. If you don't know the game, it's a post-apocalyptic game where you have this character who is originally white. And I mean, just kind of close to being redneck white. And then they came in and brought in Mahershala Ali. Now, my problem with that is that with this, uh, with this game here, which it's a game I love. If you haven't seen it, uh, a lot of people definitely should, uh, should play this. Uh, it's a beloved game. It's, it's a masterpiece uh, considered by many. And the only thing with it is that you haven't had uh, you haven't had a version of this yet. They're going to be doing this on HBO. Now, the thing is that they already cast it. And so Mahershala Ali is not going to be in it. But it's a game that people love almost to the point where it's such a masterpiece. People are kind of protective about it. Do I need to remind you what is out there? Once upon a time. I had somebody that I cared about. And in this world, that sort of shit's good for one thing. Getting you killed. They haven't had an adaptation of this. They've had a sequel in the game, but they haven't made a movie or a show. They're about to make a show on HBO. Uh, they are adapting the same storyline that you see in the game. And I always thought, do a new story. That'll be cool. But I understand doing the, the, the stories you see in the game because it's such a powerful story. And it'll be good for people who haven't seen the game or know the story to experience it for the first time that way too. But I was thinking that, yeah, I'm kind of against them uh, casting a black person in that role. I'm against them casting a woman in that role, an Indian person, anybody but the person that looks like Joel. And it's not because I'm against diversity. It's because, again, we're going back to the mistake. Why would you do that when you know how much this game means to people? It's always a mistake when executives and studios, they start a project and they deviate away from it not even considering the fans. Uh, that's always a bad sign. And the other thing is, uh, you know, that, that character is so iconic. It's, it's not that hard to cast somebody that looks like him. Why would you do that? It just seems so random to put a black person in there. Now, there are going to be people would argue, and Christian, I'm going to let you jump in because we did say, look, people would argue because they just don't want a black person in any kind of role. So that's a given. But in this particular case, I was like, don't do that, man. That just seems so random and it's not, it's unnecessary. And you're adapting that same story right there and something that has never been adapted. If we have 50 fucking versions of The Last of Us, then I'd be like, yeah, let's mix it up, definitely. But that's not the right. case here. But I mean, you had a different opinion on that anyway. Well, I had a slightly different opinion just in as much that like nothing about Joel's character. It's not like he's a racist white man from Texas, you know, and then through the course of the game realizes that, hey, racism's some bullshit. You know, if that's the case, absolutely. It's integral to his identity as a character. Um, I, I, I would say the thing that needs to matter the most is just if the performance is good. Marshall Ali is a wonderful actor, like one of our best living actors right now. And so I think you put him in that role. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. But I agree with what you said, which is like, I think you can still make him Joel if it was a different story if you were going in decidedly saying oh it's a different version of the events we're going to remix this and this 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 and that then I don't think it's as big of an uproar but I think when you're saying hey we are going to do what we've already done we're just going to expand it there's a lot of emotions that are kind of already attached to this betrayal and so like I get it being a little bit more of a nuanced question but I would still say like nothing about that character says you have to be white or you have to be black and I think the fact that we're 
we're getting shitty over that and, and hoping that we can get inferior actors cast. I don't think mm-hmm. that's what happened in this case, but that's what happens a lot of the time. People who are not as talented are given these opportunities because we want to make sure the color matches up instead of the talent or the dedication to the role. So that's my yeah. thing. I mean, I think the Superman thing's apples and oranges, though, Bubby. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, even in the, if they came out with a version of The Last of Us and the Herod, let's just say they went with Mahershala Ali. I wouldn't, if they made it good, if the performances were great, if they kept the essence of, of, of what made that game, that story so great originally, right. I would not complain, no. I'd be like, all right, it's different. <laughs> you know, it's definitely not what I originally envisioned or wanted, but I'm not going to complain if they made something good. That's the other thing. It's like, I'm going to shut the fuck up if they did. All right, you saw something in this guy, and wow, you actually, you actually did it well. I think that's the biggest difference is like, you're going to get some people who are just going to hate on something no matter what. Just because, hey, it's not what I wanted, so fuck you. You know what I mean? Well, how about this really quickly? We talked about Invincible last week. We talked about Robert Kirkman. How he's looked at both The Walking Dead TV show and Invincible as an opportunity to sort of rewrite stuff, right? Nathan yeah. Druck, Druckman, right? He's, he's writing it with Craig Mazin. So directly involved in a different medium. And wouldn't he as the creator kind of have the right to say, oh, I want to do this because I think it does change the story a little bit. It allows you to do something a little bit different. Yeah, you know what? That is true. That is true. You know, maybe they, but from the sounds of it, they, they, they're doing The Last of Us verbatim. At least that's what it sounded like originally, where you had yeah, Robert Kirkman who came in and said, yeah, man, this is giving me a chance to go in. They got this show Invincible coming out. It's an animated version of a comic book that's uh, very popular. It's actually really good, too. But he said, man, you know what? If you've seen the comic, you've read it, you're going to look at this trailer and know that I've done some things different. Knock it off, Todd. I think Amber's been pretty clear about how she feels. God damn. Nothing like my dad. I want to be just like you. I fought to keep this planet safe. Your power's got to be due any day now, son. So he said, this gives me a chance to go in and kind of change some things around, play with things, rewrite some stuff. And so I can see how that would be pretty cool, too. I I just thought The Last of Us was doing doing a more... Faithful adaptation, but with this Superman thing, that's 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 another point where it's like, man, if they're going in, they're probably not going to even, especially with another character. It's a completely different story. Right. So yeah, I, ah, man, you know, I, I guess I get a little defensive because I know a lot of people are going to get not even give us a chance from the beginning. Where even with things that I like, I'm willing to give them a chance to change. Yeah, I just I'm going to be a little upset and disappointed if it's not what I want, but I'll definitely will sit back and wait for the end product to be fair. And I just don't think like when you get stuff that's cast when it's non-white, non-male, people really get in an uproar and they just they 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 protest and they never give it a chance at all to see what if, if it's going to be great. How does this strike you compared to, say, the James Bond, uh, James Bond can't be black sort of thing, right? Because I, one is a super fictional. I mean, they're both fictional characters, but one is a fantastical character and one is supposed to be more of a regular, like normal person. So do you have do you have the same sort of um, empathy for the opposition that you do with the Superman stuff that you would have for like the James Bond stuff? No, because James Bond is always being casted different. James Bond is a character where he never had to be. Look, a lot of women might not like this. Uh, that's that's a big stretch to change James Bond to a a woman. Although I, even then I would give it a chance. I'd be like, all right, shit, you got some idea how to do this. That's definitely different. Let's see what happens. 
but James Bond has been cast so many times with so many different people. And there's never a point that says that he has to look this way. James Bond was originally a dark haired character. He was pictured sort of as like, like you see uh, Sean Connery. When you get to Daniel Craig, he's blonde. He's a little rough around the edges. You know, he's not as classically handsome as these other guys. So there's nothing that said James Bond after a few years had to be like this. So you could definitely change James Bond into a black man, an Asian man, a Korean man. A, you could be a shit. I don't know. Maybe one day you can make him a midget if you want to. I don't know. You know, there's this just as long as, again, you keep the essence, the essence of that character. So I, that's a that's a place where I, I play a little more loose with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm happy that I'm living in a world where this is a conversation, like a real conversation that people having. I, I, I'm bullish about whether it actually happens, but I really hope so. I would say that when you look at recent casting controversies, the mere mention of Idris Elba as Bond sent people in a fervor. Doctor Who's been on for 50 some odd fucking years, 56 years or something like that. And the minute they're like, hey, let's make a woman doctor collect everyone collectively yeah. freaked the fuck out and the viewership fell off of it. And, and maybe it's because of the writing. I didn't particularly love the first episode. I fell off because I didn't like the new series, um, not because of her. But what I'm saying is like, I think it's interesting that we are at least having these conversations and hopefully things like Black Panther prove the concept. Hey, you know what? Like really quick. Sorry, diatribe. I watched I was watching Viola Davis talk about the kind of roles that she gets. And she's like, the truth is this, that the black population makes up 12 to 13 percent of the American population, which is like when you're trying to sell a movie in the four quadrants, when you're trying to make a billion dollars, these studios often don't think about that. They're not trying to make stories geared at a specific group of people because they're trying to make a movie that's geared towards everybody. Yeah. Right. And so it's I think it's the same concept. And it's like Black Panther came out and proved this. You can put a lot of money into a black led, predominantly black cast. Um, and you know what the secret is? Tell a compelling story that's universal and everyone can sort of have an emotional entryway yeah. into that. I, I would fucking kill to have a black James Bond or a black Superman or any of that stuff in the same way that I'm very happy that we have a Chilean Joel. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's closer to me than a black Superman would be. But it's it's, you know, the, the march of progress is very, very slow, but hopefully it marches in the right direction. Yeah, that uh that's the thing about The Last of Us, going back to that casting. You got to keep in mind that they didn't even cast a white person to play to play Joel. They cast a, a Chilean person, Pedro Pascal, to play him. Although I, I understand that people say, well, at least he looks closer to that character than Bahrasla Ali. So the, then it is colorism. You know, that's yeah, the problem. Exactly. Like, colorism. Back to that, ultimately. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it is. Colorism, man. Uh by the way, I think that James Bond, somebody said he was blonde in the novels. I don't think so. Maybe he was. I, I know that there was an original concept sketch of James Bond, and that, that original sketch had him dark-haired and looking svelte. And so, Either way, it, we had a Scottish Bond, an Irish Bond, an English Bond. Like We're not particularly precious about, like, isn't James Bond supposed to be, I don't know the origins, but my point is he's not all three of those things, right? He's one or the other, and no one seems to be precious about the little minor cosmetic differences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... I don't know, man. I think after at some point, after you have a character that has been around so long, we told that character's story so many different ways, but still have you know the, the we still don't have the variety that we could put into it. Like again, you know, sure you could cast a different Superman, you can update the times, you could, but a lot of times we're still going back to, back to that original. Uh, origin story. A lot of times we're going back to fighting some of the same villains. A lot of times we don't have a chance to really explore that character because they are kind of stuck in what they are. You know, I think having something like something like a, a, a black Superman again, 
If you want to play it straight, super heroic, innocent, you can do that. If you want to bring a social issue in, maybe people, it's reflected in the movie where people are scared that a black dude has that many powers. You know, it's, you know, that's, that's one of the, hey, that's one of the biggest fears on people, a black Superman. <laughs> you know, that, that Negro can't have all those powers. He'll kill us all. You know, yeah. so, uh, you know, that is something that could be explored too, just like they possibly will do with, 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 with the Falcon becoming Captain America. You know, there's so many different ways to explore these things when you add diversity to it and give a, give, give a voice to people who probably didn't have that voice before. So that is why I'm willing to like listen to anything. My, I just plead. My whole thing is just wait and see what they do with it. You know, and yeah, it, it, let's not be prejudicial, you know, being prejudiced against a project with a black led actor is probably a bad look. You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. I wish I could read some emails, but I have to get out of here. Yeah, I kept you long, man. You got to go move out. Uh, you didn't you're, keep you're, me, man. I had a good time. So I'm Are you going to have a fresh Prince moment? Are you going to like look in the empty studio and look around and think of all the memories you had and then turn the lights cut off? Cut that and light walk off. Out? Except that light is like the, one of the things we're not going to miss about that studio is that that light is like just weirdly placed across the room. It's not by the door. <laughs> right, so I will right. have that moment where I just look at the room and then I'll just do this long walk over to cut off the light. And then you hear me. Fuck, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You didn't keep me, man. You know what? See, that's they're already off to a bad start. Black Superman, blame him. We were out of here till yeah. he, his black ass swooped up in here. So, yeah, <laughs> folks, uh, we'd love to read some emails, but I have to get out of here, man. So, I will thank thank you uh, so much for the show today. Oh, man, thank you. It was a great show. And I want to say thank you to the chat out there. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all. God damn. Okay, we got to talk about this duck. What is that Howard fuck? today, boy? He 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 is uh, he's not had an easy life, has he? <laughs> Strung out in his drawers right now. <laughs> he's hanging out next to Mario, I'm sure. <laughs> the fuck is going on, man? All right, people, got to get on out of here. Thank you so much, uh, Raving Bob, Fellboy, Skull. Thank you. Thank you. Angry Asian. Thank you. Z-Tall 2004. Uh, Rip Raff. Slime Roy. Wow, this is the bomb. Uh, toxic. What is that? Toxider TWV. Fun show. Thank you. I appreciate everything from everybody. Uh, all right, everybody. That is it. Thanks for the stream, King Kodiak VA says. Thank you for being here. And that is that and you need to scat and that includes you christian so all you guys out there <laughs> oh i got a million of them man i'm out of here like vladimir man <laughs> so, <laughs> i've been hanging out with my grandfather my grandfather is like an 89 year old black man and he's got so many cute little colloquialism like he calls he's like you lying like a rug and he's got like a billion of those like cute little fucking things that i can't say because i sound like an asshole when i say it but he gets to <laughs> hey, that's what you get to do after a certain age. You know, you get to have your your dad jokes and you get to have your old man jokes. So, yeah, you'll yeah. get there one day, man. He's living his best life. Yeah, let's see here. All right, everybody. Hey, in Georgia, but we got to go. So, you know what? I, I'm just making it harder the more I stall right here. So I'll just simply say kcoolmans at gmail.com. That's K-C-O-O-L-M-E-N-Z. At gmail.com. You email us with any kind of questions, comments, compliments, insults, input, and our advice. Hit us up on the Instagrams, the Twitters, Facebooks. 
Copy all the information right there. Memorize it. Love it. Use it. If I'm too busy out there, taking all your emails, your wonderful messages, your wonderful... I know I always say three things. Your messages, your emails, and there's something else I'm missing right there. Uh, so, smoke signals? Like, smoke, what is it? I don't know, man. Your, uh, the, the pigeons, that the carrier pigeons you sent to me. <laughs> I love them all. Then. Christian Torres. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Christian.monster. Facebook, Christian Oleon Torres. I know some of you, but I want to know all of you. So come find me, and I will see you next week. Yes, folks. And as I said, we want to hang out with you, but we want to do it safely. Nobody, hey, look, I love you, but nobody wants to die over you. So I'll tell you what, wait for Big Ronnie off those streets. At least wait for me to get my shots. I'll get my shots in about three weeks. And then let us know your plans. Kcoolmans at gmail.com. That's K-C-O-O-L-M-A-N-Z at gmail.com. Let us know if you're moving here, just simply passing through. We'd love to safely, at some point, hang out with you. All right, everybody, that is it. Good night, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to, or you just happen to be watching this, goodbye and stare. Roasting. I thought you were being Carlos. <laughs> hey, man. They thought, man.